The ChrisCast is recorded live in front of no audience. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the ChrisCast. I'm your host, Chris. Joining me once again through the Anchor app is Paul. Say hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. There's Paul. Just for people out there in podcast land, it's not Paul's fault tonight. We're we're going to go ahead and let him off the hook. He is having trouble with his internet provider. There's been all kinds of issues on his end today, so we're hoping that we can get through this show very well. But if Paul drops out, again, it's not Paul's fault. That fixed now. Can you hear me good? Yeah, it's just... And again, for people out there in podcast land, we have two different setups. There's the video, and then there's the audio through the Anchor app. The video is moving before the audio is coming through so there's just a slight delay on the audio but it's nothing worse than we've had before and paul sounds clear so that's the main thing you don't sound like you're talking through a tin can anymore and i'm sure the people out there in podcast but shall we get started and first up the only Food news I saw this week because they're really, I have not seen a lot of news this week at all. It's been a very slow few days since we last recorded, but this one is from Post Consumer Brands. Post Waffle Crisp cereal is back in new boxed packaging. I don't know if you remember Waffle Crisp cereal, but it is coming back. I saw somebody talking about that on TikTok. Well, this this article is actually from June 10th. And it just showed up on my feeds tonight. I hadn't seen anything about it beforehand. And, of course, this is June 27th as we're recording. So it's been 17 days since Post Consumer Brands posted this. But, you know, I can't get everywhere and see everything all the time. So sometimes I'm a little bit behind on my news. But that's the way it is here. Yeah, there was talking about how um, Waffle Crisp was um, popular ago, and I think, I guess, Post brought it back. Well, it says, we hope you love the return of this cereal that first launched in 1996 with the purpose of bringing the flavor of crunch of syrup and waffles to your breakfast bowl. It is now offered in 11.5 ounce and 20 ounce boxes, with the same great taste and waffle shape you remember. And I don't know if I ever ate it, to be honest. I remember it being out, but I don't think I tried it. But you know what? I'm willing to grab a small box and try it. Now, I know somebody did a maple waffle syrup that wasn't a maple syrup waffle flavored cereal several years ago. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Waffle Crisp, but it was something else. It might have been Ego. Could have been somebody. Is Honeycomb even still out? Do you remember Honeycomb? I'm pretty sure Honeycomb still exists. I can't imagine it doesn't. Because I used to eat the hell out of Honeycomb. Yeah, you you can get a box at Walmart for three forty eight, according to Google. I would uh, look it up, but I'm not going to strain my internet on my yeah. tablet to try to look it up. I'm not going to take my chances. So I'm just winging it. 
tonight. I can't look up nothing, can't see nothing. So here I am. <laughs> you see anything newsworthy as far as food goes, or um, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think I'm out of. I want to have. I, you might, I might lose audio for a second because as soon as I make this screen go away. Uh, I'm gonna look at my screenshots just for a second because I think a screenshot something. Hold on. While you're looking that up, I'm going to go ahead and talk this next article. It's not food, but we can go back to the food if Paul has anything. But it's just a potentially great story here. This is from Gizmodo. The flu vaccine may help keep Alzheimer's at bay. It says. New research suggests even more benefits for flu vaccination in older people. The study found that adults over 65 who received at least one flu shot were noticeably less likely to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease up to four years later. More research will be needed to confirm a cause and effect link and to figure out where this protective effect is coming from, however. But that is pretty amazing that they've got this going and... Hopefully, we can end up with a lot more news out of that and find out that it is something worth having. And I did find that screenshot. Can you hear me? Yeah, I I saw it. I'm pulling it up right now. Cinnamon Toast Crunch Rolls cereal. This one's even further back because there's a hypebeast.com from May 27th of this year. Well, that's the first time me seeing it, and someone actually tagged me on it on Facebook. So, and then I was like, oh, wow, that sounds delicious. And I love me some Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I don't think you like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, don't you, Chris? I think we've had that mm-hmm. conversation. I, I was not a fan of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It was 20, 30 years ago when I tried it, but I was not a fan. See, I don't eat cereal like with milk. I eat cereal like it's a snack. I will put it in a Ziploc baggie and take it with me to work and eat it dry like a snack. Um, I I won't eat, I don't like my cereal to get soggy, so I'll eat it dry. Like I said, I'll eat it without the milk in a Ziploc baggie and take it with me. But now on that one, I did see there was a French toast crunch and there's a sugar cookie toast crunch available on eBay. There was something. Well, there's cinnamon. The sugar cookie toast crunch is $11 and 20 cents on eBay. Cereal French, French toast crunch on Amazon is four forty eight. Well, that's not too bad. If you got Amazon, uh, Prime, I guess you can get it shipped for free. So, but I don't know. I don't know because some of it there's the Amazon Prime pantry, and I don't know how that works either. So, see, they're trying to do a grocery delivery service and give Walmart competition now. They're going after Walmart with that. This is the one that I had seen. This is on Amazon that I'm finding it, but this is the one that I'd seen that when you were talking about the cinnamon toast crunch rolls, I was reminded of it's. Cinegram Toast Crunch Cereal. I've never... What? Cinegram Toast Crunch Cereal. It's like Golden Grams and Cinnamon Toast Crunch combined into one. 
Uh, I like quite I'm honestly. Go- I would be willing to try that because I, I love Golden Grams. I love Golden Grams, and I love Teddy. Is Teddy Graham still around? Yeah. I love Golden Grams and I love Teddy Grams, but I don't know about that cinnamon toast crunch with the Golden Gram. I don't know about that. Cinnamon Graham toast crunch. Yeah, I don't know about that. I would, I would definitely give it a try, honestly. Because I will lay a killing on a box of Teddy Grams. Oh, child! During my fat boy days, mm, I would lay a killing on one of them boxes. I'm still in my fat boy days. Well, I'm forced to be skinny for the rest of my life, so I gotta. Watch everything I pet in my damn mouth, unfortunately. So. There's on on this Amazon page, there's also chocolate toast crunch, cinnamon toast crunch churros. Ooh, churros. And cinnamon toast crunch treat bars, in addition to everything else we've talked about. Now I've had the cinnamon toast crunch treat bars. I've ate those before. I love those. I have to read the ingredients on the the cereal bars because some of them have gelatin in them, and I won't eat them. I didn't know that, really. Hey, is there a way to make, like, I know you probably can't eat Rice Krispie treats, but is there a way to make them? with? No, that's with the marshmallows. Has marshmallows got gelatin in it? It depends. Now, years ago, Aldi Grocery Store had their version of Rice Krispie treats. And the marshmallows didn't have gelatin in them. They had agar-agar, which is plant-based. I've heard agar-agar, yeah. And I, I don't know exactly what it is. I, I do know that it is a plant-based gelling ingredient. So my question was always... If Aldi could use marshmallows made with that and be Aldi brand and cheap, yeah, can't other companies cut costs and use that instead of gelatin? Is it cheaper than gelatin? I mean, it was cheap at Aldi when they well, had Aldi's it. Cheap to be, well, Aldi is less expensive than grocery stores anyways. But what I'm saying is if Aldi was using that to make it, it had to have been cheaper than gelatin. Have you ever been to a little before? I don't think so. I don't even know if I've ever heard of it before. It's a grocery store concept. It's from Germany. It's called L I D L. Oh, is and it little? It's called Little. And um they got one in Gastonia. That place is amazing. Um I love going to that one. I mean it has a it's like going to a superstore compared to Aldi. I mean, it makes Aldi look like the ghetto. Uh, but it's got that same concept of Aldi, except on a bigger, way bigger scale with lots more to choose from. Uh, and a, and a lot of it's from Germany, actually. So Going long distance to grocery stores is my problem. Like, the heat in the I'm car. Just saying, if you're ever in Gastonia, you might want to look it up. So. Yeah, I'm just, it's just Gastonia is a good 40 minutes from my house at least. 
So going to a grocery store and then coming back here, that's that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's like when I go to Asheville, I want to go to Whole Foods, but it's 45 minutes back to the house. So if it's 90 degree weather, I don't want to go to Whole Foods. Well, Chris, that's when you keep a cooler in the back of your car like I do. Or if you don't think about going and don't have a cooler, or if you're in Lamar's car and you can barely fit two people in it. Oh, I'm glad Lamar's not in the room. It's a small car. It's a very oh, I know it's a small car. car. I've ridden in it before. It's a little bit bigger than a Mini Cooper. Uh, I don't. I think the Mini Cooper hit it. <laughs> no, the Mini Cooper's smaller. Mini Cooper doesn't have a back seat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that one does have a little tiny back. It cannot fit four adults in his car comfortably, but you can fit two adults and maybe two cats in the back seat, <laughs> or two children. But anyway, but shall we talk about the Supreme Court again? Oh dear God in heaven! Now, I heard earlier that. I haven't seen anything on it. I haven't looked it up, but I heard that AOC is pushing to get the three justices removed for perjury under oath. Yep, she is. She and, is doing that, and she's very vocal about it, too. And the other thing, I mentioned it briefly with you before we started recording, Clarence Thomas has now come out and said that their next targets are gay marriage and contraception. And I hate to break it to Clarence Thomas, but if a Republican president is nominated or is elected in the next election, I foresee the other justices turning on him, getting him removed from the court, getting a white guy to replace him, and then go after interracial marriage as well. This is where we're headed. We're having, I was watching this, you know, I mentioned TikTok a lot. You really need to get on TikTok, Chris, because you will find out a lot of stuff. I don't have um, time to get on TikTok. Anyways, like I was saying, um, um, it's something that affect that we're going to a country that's autocracy, not a democracy. Um, It's becoming more and more like it. Did you hear about what, did you hear the, did you see the video, what that rep, the woman from um, the white baby said, said at Trump's rally. Did you hear what she said? Yeah. The, the, the abortion ruling is, a positive or something. I can't remember how she phrased it, but she said it will positive positively impact white babies. Yeah, I said it's going to be making America white. And you know what she has? She has African American adopted children. Well, and you know, my favorite is after she's called out on it. 
The response is, she misspoke. No, you didn't misspeak. You got caught being a racist. That's what happened. Just imagine what her adoptive children thought about her when she said, when they said, when you know they've seen that. It's just, I don't understand. But we're going backwards and we're just going backwards. And and I just, um, I don't know what we're going to do. But I do have this article from The Guardian that is, what? People need to show up in November at the fucking polls, man. I think I'm going to take that day off and offer to drive any Democrat to the polls. But how you are you going to stand over them when they vote? If you need a ride, I will drive you to the polls. But you're going to swear for that you're going to vote blue. <laughs> but but on the Guardian, I did find this article it says Louisiana judge blocks abortion ban amid uproar after Roe v. Wade ruling. A Louisiana judge on Monday temporarily stopped the state from enforcing Republican-backed laws banning abortion set to take effect after the U.S. Supreme Court ended the constitutional right to the procedure last week. Louisiana is one of 13 states which passed trigger laws to ban or severely restrict abortions once the Supreme Court overturned the 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling that recognized a right to the procedure. It did so on Friday, stoking uproar among progressives and protests and counter-protests on the streets of major cities. In New Orleans on Monday, an Orleans Parish Civil District Court judge, Robin Jeruso, issued a temporary restraining order blocking the state ban. The case before Judge Jeruso, a Democrat, was brought by Hope Medical Group for Women in Shreveport, one of three abortion clinics in Louisiana. We're going to do what we can, Kathleen Pittman, administrator of Hope Medical Group, told the Associated Press. It could all come to a screeching halt. So at least... There's that, but I did see tonight on the news that South Carolina has now passed an abortion ban. And what these people aren't realizing, because the South Carolina, it is the infant heartbeat or however, fetal heartbeat, I think is what it's called, law, that once a heartbeat is detected, abortion cannot happen. What they're not realizing Problems with the pregnancy don't show up that early all the time. And the pregnancy can be a non-viable pregnancy that puts the mother's life in danger without an abortion. Exactly. They're not looking at the fact that a rape victim may not know she's pregnant until after that point in time. You are outlawing these people from getting an abortion. They're making it illegal for doctors to perform the abortions. I know one state, I can't remember which one it was, but one state had tried to pass a law that anyone who crossed state lines to get an abortion would be breaking the law in the state and could face penalties. And I don't understand how you can do that. Well, your state laws do not cover another state. This one woman brought up a again, TikTok, she brought up an interesting point. She goes, okay, what if said person has, she has two kids already, and she has a pregnancy. Either A, she had, she got pregnant by accident, or B, got got pregnant by a, you know, rapist or whatever, and she goes to have an abortion. 
are they going to arrest her and detain her for having that abortion and leave her two kids out to dry? What are they going to do with her two children? What's going to happen to her while she's incarcerated? Are they going to take care of her children? And then B, she said, okay, I'm forced to have this child, so I'm putting it up for adoption. And she goes, okay, think of all the rest of those mothers out there that's going to be putting up babies for adoption. And she said, right now, there is over 689,000 children in the United States begging for homes. And she said, what's those numbers going to be like after people have to be, have to be forced to have those babies? They said they can't find homes for them now. She said, and then plus, if you try to adopt, she said, if you don't have $30,000 to pay for all the attorney fees and everything that has to go along with it, you can't afford to adopt. And she said, it's like they screw you everywhere you go. And she said, um, and then also that she said, this one woman chimed in and she said, she's Jewish. And she said, in Jewish law and Jewish customs, the fetus is not a viable, it's not a person and does not accept their soul until they take their first breath outside the womb. That's when you get your soul and that's when life starts, when you start your first breath. And they said, under Jewish law, we can have abortions on up until, you know, whatever. But she said, now they're, they're making me, you know, making us abide by a Christianity law which is basically what it is. And she said, I'm a Jewish. And then they had another person chime in under that. She goes, well, I'm an atheist. She said, I don't believe in any of this. And she said, and now she said, can I sue the state for this? And then the Jewish person said, can I sue for this? And they did have an attorney to chime in on these posts on TikTok. And she said, by all means, sue them, sue them. And she said, and this will, they said this will take it to the next level. And she said they will have to get a stay put on it. And they said it cannot pass once they get sued. Because uh -huh. it's infringing on their religious beliefs. And you know what I would like to see law passed with this banning abortion? Anybody in favor of banning an abortion should be required to adopt at least one child. Well, they Put also, your money where your mouth is. Like, if you think that these abortions are willy-nilly and are not necessary and these kids will be adopted so easily, go adopt the child. Everybody should be able to be gone on record as to who it is for and who is against it. And whether you can afford it or not, you need to adopt a child because you're against abortion. Well, Stephen Colbert has this guy that's called Man on the Street, and he goes to all the Trump rallies, and he went, actually went to the um, abortion rally going on in D.C., and he questioned the people that was protesting the protesters. He goes, okay, these people are forced to have a baby. And, you know, what if, you know, and he goes, he said, how many children have you adopted? Oh, I don't have to adopt any. I've got children. Okay, well, how many children are you going to adopt? And he kept asking all these people as protesting, protesting. Well, how many children are you going to adopt? What's going to happen to all these, um, uh, you know, all these born babies that are putting up for adoption? What's going to happen to them? They said the problem is, he said, you are pro that that Republicans are pro fetus. They're not pro life. They're pro fetus, and they're. Pro
they're they're actually anti-life because they're so much for well, they, guns. Well, they so said be they said the guns have more rights than than uh, the mothers do. They said they care more about guns than they do mothers. And they they also said that um, once that baby's born, are you going to supply formula for it? Are you going to supply health care for it? Are you going to supply assistance for it? Are you going to do pre pre uh, pre for it? Are you going to supply all these things to the people who can't afford to have these children? What's well, going to happen? As far as formula, the Republicans have already answered that if they're going to supply it or not. They voted against shipping in formula when there was no formula in the country. Republicans are just garbage people. I can't stand them. And if you're and, listening to this and you're Republican, yes, I mean you, you asshole. And let, let me just point out another ruling today. People who thought Colin Kaepernick was horrible for kneeling and he was completely disrespectful are now thrilled with the Supreme Court ruling that the coach in high school who knelt in the middle of the field to pray was not breaking the law. And honestly, it's separation of church and state. You cannot use religion in school that is not a religious school. And if you want religion to be governing the laws, then we need to start bringing in Judaism. We need to start bringing in Catholicism, Christianity, Buddhism, Muslim, any kind of religion that's in this country needs to be used to make laws. Otherwise, you're a hypocrite and you only want laws that cater to you. Well, did you see what passed today in the Supreme Court? What? It's all over Facebook and all over social media. Prayer. They said it's required to have in school now prayer. I, I didn't see that. I saw the that they ruled in favor of the coach who was praying on the field. Well, Michael Bookout posted about it. Yeah, just throw his name out there, why don't you? Hey, he posted about it, and several other people on Facebook posted about it, about the Supreme Court ruling, and it's all over Twitter. <clears throat> so, <laughs> I follow this guy called the Demon of, the, the Satan of Salem from Salem, uh, Massachusetts, and he's all the time posting satire stuff. And um, I'm going to have to make my microphone go dark again. I've got a picture I want to send over to you. Can you, well, accept, text, can you accept text messages? Yeah, I'm, I'm on a different phone. My, my current phone is nothing being done on it. But okay, I'll send over. I'm, I'm going to have to make my phone go dark for a second. So, um, well, while you're doing text. that, I'm going to say I, I went to Google to search Supreme Court prayer. The only thing coming up is the coach and i think it is people are inferring from that that they can get prayer instated in school but it is not a supreme court ruling as of yet i think that's where the issue is because like i said i did see about the coach today but i did not see anything about ruling for prayer in school okay and I sent that over to you. Look at that. It just came. Well, prayer in school. Look at that. <laughs> it's a girl with the pentagram 
summoning Satan or something is what the picture is. But yeah, it's the same. Prayer and school. But, Here we go. Opens up the door for that. <laughs> but and and that's what I was saying. If you're not going to include all religions, you can't re- you can't include any religions. And that's the whole purpose. Like they want to scream Second Amendment, Second Amendment, Second Amendment. Well, separation of church and state, I believe, was part of the First Amendment. And why are we not saying that? Why are we not protecting the first? It's pretty bad. I don't know if you've got friends on Facebook from other countries. I do. And it's pretty sad that they're posting that. It's a sad, this is what I'm saying. It's, it's a sad state of affairs for my friends in the United States. What they're having to deal with. And they say they're turned back their clocks 50 years. Yeah. And one post had said, if you want to get married and come to Amer- come to Canada, come up here. We'll get married so you can stay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We'll get married so you can stay. I would love to move to Canada, honestly. I've, I've loved Canada for a long time. And, but logistically, I can't do it because for me personally to move, <laughs> I need to have a job, financial security, place to well, live. That's, that's another oh, thing. Because I, I need to have that all in line before I ever make a move like that. One of my friends just came back from Canada. He's from there. He wanted to go visit his folks. I think I mentioned that to you. And like a Big Mac there, Big Mac at a burger at a McDonald's is $8. One burger is $8. And he said um, for they sell it by a gallon of a gallon equivalent in some parts because some of it's French Canada and they sell it by the liters. But anyway, he said gas up there is like $10 a gallon. Yeah. But it's Biden's fault (laughs) that all these prices are high. Yo, if I hear that one more damn time, I have chimed in on so many posts on Facebook going, anytime somebody says, thanks Biden for these high prices, I point out, so Biden's so powerful that he can control prices in England and Canada and Norway and Australia, where all these things are expensive too. Yeah. So, and part of it is due to Trump and his tariffs. Part of it is due to other things. And the vast majority of it is due to Putin's war, which I don't know if you saw it. Putin attacked a shopping mall today in Ukraine, a shopping mall. That man's gonna die, and he—he he, whenever he dies, he ain't gonna go to hell. He's gonna go scorching, burning straight to hell with pitchforks all over that man's body. Those, real quick, because we've we've lingered on these stories longer than I anticipated. So, oh, I do sorry. have from the New York Times. It's uh, businesses that are covering travel expenses for employee abortions, and they're. These companies include Starbucks, Tesla, Yelp, Airbnb, Microsoft, Netflix, Patagonia, DoorDash, J.P. Morgan Chase, Levi Strauss, PayPal, Reddit, and it says others, including the Walt Disney Company, Meta, Dick's Sporting Goods, and Condé Nast, joined them on Friday when the decision became final, though most of them avoided making public statements directly referencing the ruling. Johnson & Johnson said in a statement on Friday that it strove to, quote, put health within reach for the people we serve, adding, quote, 
We also believe healthcare decisions are best determined by individuals in consultation with their healthcare provider. So, and I'm sure this list will grow as time goes on and more companies will join it. So if you're in the need, check with the news, keep, keep up with your company benefits, see if they will cover abortion costs of any kind. So, because like, like we discussed earlier, sometimes there is an absolute need and that's what nobody's looking at. The, and, one of my friends. I've said it many times. I am anti-abortion, but I will always be pro-choice because I do not begin to think that I can say what's happening in somebody else's life. I don't know what the need might be, and therefore I shouldn't have a say in their health care. That's like all these people that are mad about having to get the COVID vaccine, which was to help everybody in the country, but yet they want abortions outlawed because they think they know what's best for these people and that's the problem you're out you're you're not coming through your your thing's off oh here i am i'm back there you go two things i want to say about this um i think what is an interesting tiktok or again on tiktok brought up an interesting thing a man can go out and get a woman pregnant each day of his life for 365 days a year. So he can get 365 women pregnant, but that one woman can only get pregnant once in nine months. But he can sow his wild seed to 365 different women. And they said, seems like they would regulate the man than regulate the woman. No, but because they said once they st- hold on, once they start writing laws against men's penis and their balls, oh hell no, they're not gonna have anything to do with it. No, 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 no. you're gonna not gonna write write laws regulating who I can have sex with and who I can ejaculate into. Line for men. No, it's because white straight men have ruled this country for far too long. <clears throat> And, and they said, since it's um, God's will that she's pregnant, they said, well, it's also God's will that you have a limp dick, so they need to take away Viagra from you, too. Yeah. And and the one thing that I just came to my mind that I always get sick of hearing is that go woke, go broke crap. Honestly, for anybody who's upset about woke, first off, why are you upset about diversity? What is it about diversity that bothers you to the point that you can't stand to see it? Do you only want to see straight white men on your TV screen and your movie screen and on your radio and whatever else? Well, you hear them on the radio, not see them, but still, you know, is that all you want? You don't want any black people. You don't want any trans people. You don't want any gay people. And let me just tell you, if you get rid of the gay people in Hollywood, you're really going to notice it when the content is nowhere near as good. <laughs> but let me just say that, that right now. Me. Do you watch Will and Grace? Did you ever watch that show? Yes, I watched it. Okay, do you remember the episode when Karen goes, what? If they get rid of the gay people, she goes, what will happen to the fall line of Gucci? It'll just be all you know she's just going to hell because the gucci line would go down she's like no yeah and, gays and, not, not doing gucci 
And if you go back in time to Liz Taylor interviews, she flat out said more than half of Hollywood is gay creation. Oh, yeah. Like without gay people, there would not be a Hollywood. And, but yeah, you don't want to see it. So people need to keep this in mind. Visibility is a good thing. And if all we see is straight white men on TV, we start to hate people that are different, whether we intend to or not. That's just a fact. The less we see of a different group of people, the more we don't know about them, which causes more fear and hatred towards that group. This is thinking, why diversity is a good thing on TV and movies. I'm just thinking how um, RuPaul's Drag Race has broke down walls and boundaries. Just that one show. Because you, I can't tell you how many straight people I work with that loves watching that show. I mean, they're obsessed about it. And it's like that one show is, you know, broke down a lot of boundaries. And and I'm just thinking, what is RuPaul thinking about all this? What is, you know, all those famous, you know, oh, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Because if they go after gays and gay marriages and and they're going to force everybody to go back into the fucking closet and all that set of stuff. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to change my Twitter. I'm going to change every fucking thing about me. Yeah. But I don't <clears throat> I will say with RuPaul's Drag Race, I've never been able to get into that show. It does not appeal to me in any way, shape, or form. But what I would like to see is I don't know if you remember it or if you even were aware of it, but back in the 90s, VH1 did a RuPaul talk show where she dressed in drag and came out, performed a number at the start of the show, and then went and interviewed somebody. And that show I really enjoyed. Now, where RuPaul did the talk show a year or two ago, in the studio, not in drag. It was an hour-long show, and they did it as like a summer experiment. That one I found boring. But the 30-minute the show that was on VH1, she had great guests on there, like Olivia Newton-John, Cher, uh, Debbie Harry, John Waters, like really good guests came onto that show. And I guess partly because it's truncated into 30 minutes instead of an hour, you have less time for filler, so you move along a little bit faster. And nobody will re-air that show. And I like they have logo on Pluto TV, which would be a perfect place to show that. Because it's still Viacom owned, which is now I guess they've changed their name back to Paramount. But they own MTV, they own VH1, they own Pluto TV. Do they not have the rights to the RuPaul show? Why Why is it not airing anywhere? It seems like a perfect show. If you're going to have a channel full of reruns, why not that? I mean, they have... Your, your screen's out again, apparently. But they have all kinds of old talk shows on there, like Maury Povich and Jerry Springer and stuff like that. Why don't they do the old RuPaul show? 
couldn't uh, RuPaul have a call on that as well, if they so? It's possible. I don't know who owns the rights to it. I really don't. Hmm. And that's probably where the issue is. And it could be music issue too, where she did so many different songs on there that they don't have the rights to the songs. You know, I, I really don't know what the situation is. Yeah. It could be rights issues keeping it from being played, not a desire to not play it. But moving on, I'm just going to mention this one real quick because it's just creepy to me. And also, how would you get it? But this is an NPR article. It says Amazon's Alexa could soon speak in a dead relative's voice. Oh. And like I said, my mom passed six years ago. And my dad passed, I think, 11 years ago, maybe 12 years ago. I can't remember if he'd passed in 2010 or 2011. But, I mean, it's how would I get their voices if I wanted them? Do you have I don't have video? anything with their voice anymore. So You don't have any video or anything? No. Nah. I got one video of my mom on her iPhone where she is meaning to take a picture of her sisters, but she's taking a video and she's going, she's, it's her on her iPhone. I got to power that thing up, see if it comes back up. Anyway, it goes, she goes, oh, oh, I'm taking a video. I don't know what to do. Oh, <laughs> like that. And then she figures out how to turn it off. So that's the only thing I have her voice on. Uh. Now, this, this next story I've got, though, should have had a different slot for it, but it's just real quick. More corruption from the Supreme Court. This is from the Washington Post seven hours ago. Supreme Court sides with doctors convicted of overprescribing opioids. So basically what this tells me is the people who became addicted to them because they were prescribed by the doctor and were overprescribed by the doctor it's their fault, not the doctor who kept prescribing these things, knowing they were using it. So my my thought is, which one of the justices was addicted to opioids and wants to make sure they can keep getting them? I bet that was Kavanaugh, that drug head. Uh, I'm not going to say. And again, the views of Paul may not reflect those of the Chris cast. Just oh, to make come on now. Kavanaugh was the drunk and the Again, party animal. The views of Paul do not necessarily reflect those of the Chris cast. We all know that he was the pill popper. Again, the views of Paul <laughs> do not necessarily reflect those of the Chris cast. But anyways, oh. moving on. This one's from People and it's I love Zachary Levi. I've loved him since Chuck premiered, well, before Chuck premiered, because they had the little screener at Blockbuster Video that I rented and watched because it was a free rental, and it was three new shows, Heroes, Chuck, and Journeyman, I think, were on it. And so I've loved Zach Zachary Levi for a long time. He is now Shazam. But Spy Kids Netflix re reboot to film to star... Gina Rodriguez and Zachary Levi. Do they really need another Spy Kids? I mean, come on. You know, I was talking to work the other night, and personally, I think all remakes should be outlawed unless what they're remaking is at least 50 years old. Bingo. 
I mean, honestly, why why do you need Stop to remake it. a film that's 20 years old? Stop it with all the damn Batman movies. Come on now. There's only I mean, oh, there again, and I'm I'm not supporting too many Batman movies because y'all know I've said it too many times. Batman is way overdone. But I'm done with it. Is it is it remaking or is it a continuation of the story? Because different creators always come into the comics and keep them going. But when you take an actual movie and remake it, that's different. Well, this past Batman movie was a remake. Well, look at Spider-Man. Look how many each times time, been done. Each time got less and less like the comics. Yeah. So. I still think they need to bring the dude back from the original TV series somehow and put him in the new Spider-Man film. I don't care if he's just like a, an elder Spider-Man or I don't know. But if he does, I want him to sing Edelweiss or something of that nature. Because you know he's one of the Von Trapp kids in Sound of Music. I didn't know that. Yeah, Nicholas Hammond. He was one of the Von Trapp kids. Well, I don't know that at all. That's interesting. But moving on from Variety, it's just a, a new cast member for Madam Web since I didn't mention Spider-Man. It's perfect timing. Emma Roberts has been cast in Sony's star-studded Marvel movie, Madam Web. And Emma Roberts has really come into her own, especially with the TV series Scream Queens. That really cemented her for me. Which one was, was she in Scream Queens? She was Chanel. The, Chanel, the main uh, Chanel. Which Chanel? Chanel Oberlin? Or? I don't remember the last names. She or was Chanel the main five. Chanel. Oh, that's Chanel Oberlin. That's the Chanel. Yeah. Okay. Because, because you know, Chanel number one died in one of the first episodes, and she, but she is Eric Roberts' daughter, Julia Roberts' niece. So, there's talent there. But moving on, Amazon Freebie, which used to be the IMDb TV app has announced a new live stream channel. And this one, I am thrilled about. I don't know how Paul will feel about it because I don't know what he thought of this show. But ALF has a 24-hour live stream television show channel. And it's not just all 102 episodes of the TV series, but they are also including... 26 episodes of ALF the Animated Series and 21 episodes of the animated series ALF Tales. This is from Collider.com. It says, the Fast Channel is exclusively for ALF material and will initially be available solely on Amazon Freebie. The new Amazon Freebie ALF Fast Channel is just the newest addition to the expanding range of outlets where fans and future fans can enjoy streaming iconic sitcoms. And... I also read somewhere, I don't know if it was this article or not, but they're going to be creating new content. I'm guessing like original cast interviews, but ALF will appear in new content on the ALF channel. It's okay. 
The fast the fast channel will also feature new content, including Alf and other special guests, as well as tailored television features such as marathons and viewing parties. It's okay. Alf was. It wasn't a show that I watched all the time, but if it was on, I watched it. But I basically was forced to watch it when I went into my friend Greg's house because he was obsessed with Alf. He had the upset. He had the Alf lunchbox, the Alf whatever and whatever. He loved Alf. I just hope that this makes it possible to get Project Alf back. What's Project it was an Alf? NBC TV movie. I believe it was NBC. I watched it when it aired. I loved it. I remember that the, the military had captured Alf and I remember the woman who played Iola Boylan on Mama's Family was in it. And I remember Alf looking at her and saying, I'll bet Don't Ask, Don't Tell really came in handy for you. And I busted out hysterically laughing at that point. I want to see that movie again. So hopefully this new Alf TV channel will be a a way to get that movie back into the mainstream. Also, that movie's not streaming anywhere. No, not that I know of. Maybe on YouTube you can find it, but I've not found any legitimate source for it. But now in in comic book news, real quick, this is from Comic-Con.com. Codename Ric Flair. Ashcan to launch at Megacon. Ashcan? Yeah, it's a, a type of comic book. I think it's, oh. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's, it's, I guess it's like a, a preview or something maybe, but it's a term I've seen many times. I've never really looked into the definition, but it's basically following the, the plane ride from hell where, well, no, not that one. The, the plane ride where he was in a crash and broke his back, I believe, and came back to wrestling. I think it's set after that point. And trying to see if it says, says a, a special limited edition spot foil ash can preview will be launching at Megacon at the Fillerman Sports Group bo- booth where Flair will be appearing exclusively on Saturday, May 21st and Sunday, May 22nd to sign autographs courtesy of Fitterman Sports Group. But it's not saying what the comic book is about. I do know that it's him as a secret agent. Okay. While you were talking, I went ahead and made my microphone go dead and I looked it up. Ashcan comic book is a prototype comic book which helps launch a series to get them to get a not a patent, but a um, trademark copyright. Trademark on it, yes. That's what it is. It's a startup comic. Um, And then my final news story here. This is from Nerdist.com. Patton Oswalt and Jordan Bloom on Minor Threats, World, and Villains. It says, every superhero has their villains. Maybe those villains are the, quote, erase half of the universe's population variety. Or maybe they're more about small-time crime. 
The new comic Minor Threats from writers Patton Oswalt and Jordan Bloom, artist Scott Hepburn, colorist Ian Herring, and letterer Nate Picos focuses on the latter. The villain Stickman murders the sidekick of Twilight City's premier crime fighter, the Insomniac. So the superhero team known as the Continuum go all out trying to apprehend him. That means the Continuum shines a spotlight on anyone stepping out of line and the C-list villains are over it. Those villains form their own team, Minor Threats. They decide to take down Stickman themselves and solve the problem. They want to get back to their normal lives. But villains coming together to take down one of their own, things get sticky. Nerdist chatted with Patton Oswalt and Jordan Bloom over email about the idea for Minor Threats, world building, villainous team building, and more. And if you would like to read it, I mean, it's on Nerdist.com. Again, it's Patton Oswalt and Jordan Bloom on Minor Threats, World and Villains is the title of the article. So I'm not going to read through their whole interview, but the art is good. It's kind of a throwback looking like 60s, 70s, 80s style. So I'm interested to see how it comes out, but it will be from Dark Horse Comics. And to save time in the the review portion of the show, I'm going to go ahead and run through the top 10 films right now. And number 10 is what we will be reviewing next week, just so you know, as it premieres on Peacock this Friday. But down from 6 to 10 is The Bad Guys. And this is from Box Office Mojo. After 10 weeks, $95.5 million dollars, and this is an animated film that I've wanted to see and looks very funny. I saw the preview to that somewhere this past week and it looked cute. So yeah, I'll 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 watch it. Down from five to nine, the Bob's Burgers movie. After five weeks, just over thirty-one million dollars. Down from seven to eight, everything everywhere all at once. After fourteen weeks, just over sixty-six million dollars debuting at number seven and i do not know the pronunciation of this so bear with me jug jug geo opening weekend estimated seven hundred twenty five thousand dollars down from four to six a movie that is now available on disney plus dr strange and the multiverse of madness still brought in one million seven hundred eighty thousand five hundred ninety three in its eighth week for over $409 million so far. Down from two to five is now you can start saying that it's not living up to its potential. Lightyear brought in just over $18 million in its second week with $89,259,822 total. I still say that controversy is what's hurting it. Part of it, but it's also... There's a lot of stuff in the in the theaters right now competing with each other. And it's a new voice on Toy Story. So that's another thing. But debuting at number four is a film that I very much want to see, a film that Stephen King has praised, The Black Phone. Opening the weekend, The Black Phone. Have I you not seen the trailer? Yeah. I Watch the trailer. Watch the trailer for it. It looks really good. Stephen King has high praise for this film. Is it a horror movie? Yes. Ethan Hawke is in it. Okay. Yeah. Opening weekend, $23,633,220. 
dropping from number one to number three in its third week, Jurassic World Dominion. What? 26 down to three. And wait until you see what the top two are, because they, they're really surprising. And those two duking it out for the top spots was also well, surprising. I already know Top Gun's in one of those. But Jurassic World in its third weekend brought in almost 26 and a quarter or three quarters million for a grand total of $303,065,330. Hey, Chris, what's the world take on it? I don't know. I have to go off the screen. Oh. Up from three to two, Top Gun Maverick. And early estimates were putting it neck and neck with number one ended up about one and a half million dollars apart. I'm curious. $29,614,139 million, $29, in its fifth week, $520,836,963 total. And debuting at number one, the new film from Baz Luhrmann, Elvis. Are you Elvis kidding me? Still has clout and came in at number one with $31,211,579. And here's the beauty of it. It's a Warner Brothers film. 45 days after theater release, it'll be on HBO Max and I'll get to see it. Because I do want to see this. So... I'm still trying. I'm uh, I'm still trying to process that that Elvis got more play than dinosaurs did. But your your question about Jurassic World Dominion, international box office four hundred forty five million seven hundred fifty seven thousand, for a grand total of seven hundred forty eight million eight hundred twenty two thousand three hundred thirty dollars. So Jurassic Park is not the the smashing success that they usually are either. So, well, I mean, usually, what what does this say? What what uh, its um, production uh, production? Uh, it does not uh, give the the budget on I am on Box Office Mojo. Huh. I, w- I wonder if IMDb will do it. And Elvis got twenty million dollars international sales, which is kind of surprising for Elvis. So it's yeah, up to probably, fifty-one million worldwide. They probably got to lay up a lot of play in that in in uh, England because England loved Elvis. Yeah, I mean he was big all over the world, but nowhere oh, like he big, was. That's, that reminds me, he's big in Japan too. That's right. And then that'll bring us to the those we lost portion. There were only two that I really saw this week. First one is from AmericanSongwriter.com. Dear Evan Hansen producer Steve Fickinger dies at 62. And says he passed away suddenly in his Laguna Beach home on Friday. I don't see a cause of death listed. Fickinger's funeral will be in Chicago with a memorial service in L.A. And if you would like to see Dear Evan Hansen, it is currently streaming on HBO Max. So you can pay him some tribute that way. It says you may know some of his work like Mulan, Tarzan, and Lilo and Stitch. As he was director of creative development on those. 
as his legacy consists of producing the Tony Award-winning musical Dear Evan Hansen, along with Dear Evan Hansen, Fickinger also brought Newsies and The Lion King to Broadway when he was a Disney executive. So lots of success there for him. Um, I looked up the Jurassic World um, budget. Yeah. And it's $185 million. So it's been very... To have a seven hundred some million dollar film with a hundred eighty five dollar million dollar budget, I mean they they've made some cash, and they ain't done yet. And then finally, this one was from NBC News. I saw it just before we went on recording. ER actor Mary Mara drowns in New York River. Her body was found in the St. Lawrence River on Sunday morning. Police said they believe she might have been swimming. I could not imagine drowning to death. But that? Uh, Mary T. Mara, a veteran of television dramas including ER, Nash Bridges, and Law and Order. How could you, I mean, you go out for a swim and all of a sudden you drowned. That means she's a good accomplished swimmer. Something must have happened to her to make her drown. I mean, you, you just, an accomplished swimmer just wouldn't do that. Well, she was 61. Well, you know, it, that doesn't matter. She's in peak condition. Well, I'm saying there, there's always the possibility of a current she didn't expect. And mm. anybody could be hit by a current they're not expecting and get pulled under and not be able to pull out. And if she went swimming alone, but it, the article clearly says police believe the actor 61 drowned while, while swimming in the St. Lawrence river in the town of Cape Finson on Sunday morning. So they do not believe foul play, but I will say that there's one article or one paragraph here about her, her debuts, pretty sizable debuts. I got to say, the actor made her television debut in 1989 in the made-for-TV movie The Preppy Murder. The same year she hit the big screen with a small role in the Jamie Lee Curtis film Blue Steel. So I remember the movie Blue Steel. Yeah, she then The Preppy Murder was a fairly sizable hit too, if I'm not mistaken. So, but with that, we are through the first portion of the show. Um. I am going to review the Green Lantern comic. Paul, due to his internet troubles, was not able to read it. Um, we're going to review Paul's choice of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I am going to review with Paul the the new film from Prime, My Fake Boyfriend. And I've got a birthday surprise for Paul when we come back. Stay tuned, everybody. What? Welcome back, everyone. And Paul, I told you I had a special birthday present for you, and I'm going to give it to you right now. You know, on your birthday, the world premiere on Paramount Plus happened. That was Beavis and Butthead do the universe. I watched it. I'm going to review it so you don't have to. That's my birthday present to you. Yay! There you go, Paul. First oh, up, the best birthday present. Hold on, 
It's the best witch's Sabbath present ever. There you go. The the, the other guys, Blu-ray.com gives it 7 out of 10. IMDb has it 7.2 out of 10 after 2,800 ratings. And on Rotten Tomatoes, 39 reviews on the tomato meter has it 95%. Audience score over 100 ratings, 89%. And yes, it is that good. I was laughing continuously through this film. The, the story was well done. It is Mike Judge coming back. You had powerhouses like Gary Cole. Shy McBride was a voice in this movie. Um, Phil Lamar, a legend in animation voice work. And if you don't know Phil Lamar, you need to know Phil Lamar. He's been the Green Lantern. He's been the Martian Manhunter. He's been Static Shock. You need to know Phil Lamar. He's amazing. And Tig Notaro was the professor in this. Um, basically, the setup of the film is Beavis and Butthead are at the science fair. And their science fair project is Butthead kicking Beavis in the nads. And the, the teacher tells them they need a better science fair project than that. And they start wandering around. Well, they find this kicker thing. It's, I don't know how to explain it. It's a fake foot designed to kick hard. Well, they set it up. Butthead uses it to kick Beavis in the nads sends Beavis flying across the gym and when he lands he starts a fire and burns up everything and then they go to court and the judge says that he's been told that he is very strict on his rulings and he thinks he's going to take an easy approach on these two that nobody has tried to help so instead of punishing them and sending the real winner of the science fair because they can't determine it now to space camp like they were supposed to he's sending Beavis and Butthead to space camp well they start playing with the the controls and they're docking the the shuttle into the the space station simulator and the the female astronaut that's going up tells them if they can do that in space with her so they think mm. that they're having sex with her in space she thinks they're going to dock the space shuttle into the space station well before they get to the space shuttle they they end up looking through a telescope at the sun and can't see so then they crash the space shuttle they get booted off they go through a black hole and end up in the present from the 90s so that's how beavis and butthead have an aged and that's where the movie really takes off. And I don't want to say anymore because I've given away a lot right there. Like that may be the first 25, 30 minutes of the film. Well, I did watch a preview for it um, one day this past week. And I did catch the gist of it. I thought it looks like they went from their time in the 90s to, and they did like a, a time and space leap into now. Because the way they were talking in the little um, film, 
you know, the little preview is acting like, well, it's kind of like they were talking like they were in the future now. And that's kind of what I thought that that would happen. No, uh, they, they, they find out they have white privilege and they start using that. I mean, there's so much outrageousness in this film. It is white privilege. It's everything that a Beavis and Butthead fan could want. It leaves you wanting more stories, which is a good thing. And it picks up where it left off. So, you know, it's it's exactly what you want in a Beavis and Butthead. So if you like Beavis and Butthead, cannot stress enough, you need to see this movie. If you don't like Beavis and Butthead, you won't like this movie. Plain and simple. Me personally, I always found them very funny and always enjoyed the show. I really enjoyed this movie. There's so many funny parts in it and just a lot of outrageous storytelling like you would expect. And I'm, I'm giving it three and three quarters. It's, it's a really good movie. The only time I really watched it was out of my friend Greg's house. Like I said, he's obsessed with Alf. He's obsessed with Beavis and Butthead. Sounds like he was he good. Ever, I think you and him would get along. Um, he would sit there and roll and die laughing because I'd watch it in his bedroom with him because he had a he had like the dream bedroom set up. He had a dorm refrigerator in his bedroom. This whole wall entertainment with nothing but television and game consoles and these giant pioneer speakers. And he'd play whatever show he wanted. And it plus he's hooked up to cable in his bedroom. So we would watch Beavis and Butthead. He would tape it on his VCR tape and show it to me. He would lay over there and roll, dying and laughing, laughing so hard where he would cry. And I would just sit here like this crickets coming from me I would laugh because he's laughing so hard I would laugh at him I'd laugh with him because him dying laughing made me laugh and I thought he would think that I was laughing at Beavis but I was actually laughing with him but anyways good memory so yeah thank you for not making me watch that I knew you wouldn't want to watch it and I, I, I had to watch it this weekend so I was like you know what? I'll just go ahead and review it. We'll we'll forego the the Pride Month celebration for that one review because that way I can fit it in on timely manner and not have to involve Paul in it. So, like I said, it's your birthday present this year. The greatest witches Sabbath I can ever give you. Oh, thank you. Oh, happy witches Sabbath to me. <laughs> exactly. I do plan on. In the new Jurassic Park movie um, this next week. So, well, I, I can promise you, I won't be watching it. I have not liked one of them yet. I'm not going to watch the final one. Hey, it might be a good send off. I don't know. Well, I'll see. I'll review it. Well, they've all been the same movie to me, basically. And after the first one, I didn't want to watch anymore. Then I was at a friend's house. They watched it, so I had to watch it there. And that's the one where the, the dog was barking. And then the next thing you see is the doghouse hanging from the mouth of the that's T-Rex, part, which I didn't that like. Was part, that was part two. two. No, that's, yeah, part two. And the third one, I was dating somebody who wanted to go see it, so I had to go see that one. 
and I've seen the other two at work, and I'm just there. They've never impressed me. So I've seen all of them. I may not have seen the most recent one before this one. I don't remember. I know I saw the first Jurassic World. And again, it was just the same story. Dinosaurs come back. Dinosaurs get what dinosaurs are going to do and go wild and start killing people. There's a I reason why we don't live at the same time. I did see, I think it was China who has recreated a woolly mammoth. And it's born now, if I'm not mistaken. People aren't going to learn. They actually bred it. But but as for Beavis and Butthead Classic, they do have the old shows on Paramount+. Plus. You can also see them on the live channels on Pluto TV. And this is from July 19th, 2021. It is now playing on Pluto TV for free, randomly, not on demand, on channels 450 Funny AF and 467 Com- Comedy Central Animation. At one point, it was on the, I think it was an MTV animation block or the, the guy's channel from MTV or something like that. And I don't know exactly what it's on, but you can find it on Pluto TV, on the live streams. You can, I'm pretty sure it's on demand on Paramount Plus. So I guess you watch it on Pluto? Not to do the universe, but the original shows. Oh, what'd you do to do the universe? The do, do the universe is exclusively on Paramount Plus. So, like I said, if you are a Beavis and Butthead fan, you will love this movie. If you're not, it's not a movie for you. Because it's uh, Beavis. Uh. Shut up, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I do know those stupid voices. Uh, I'll put TV in your bunghole. (laughs) That's what made Beavis so lovable is the great Cornholio bit. Like, before that, everybody hated Beavis. He was the lame character. Then he became the great Cornholio in the the Halloween special, and everybody loved Beavis at that point. I'll put TV in your bunghole. (laughs) And... Just in, for those who missed it, Beavis and Butthead Do America, the big feature film they had in theaters. The voices in that one included David Letterman and Paul Schaefer. That is right. What did they? What were they playing on? What were, What was their characters? They They didn't really specify, but they appeared to be Beavis and Butthead's fathers. Mm. and MTV Awards David Letterman smacked Butthead in the back of the head in the balcony at one point so there, there's some history there with Beavis and Butthead outside of the show it was a cultural phenomenon for sure are they going to be bringing it back as um, like a new streaming service or new or they, did they mention anything about that all I know is you can stream it on Paramount Plus, the old episodes. You can stream the brand new movie on Paramount Plus. And I'm pretty sure Beavis and Butthead I mean, America is on Paramount Plus. With this, with this movie being so successful, have you seen any kind of chatter about bringing it back? What things are on this film, actually? Because it's strictly streaming on Paramount Plus. 
and I have not seen now the re- the reviews are great. That's what I'm talking about. The reviews on IMDb. It just That's what I'm talking about the... how much money they can make off of it. I was just curious. Like anything. And and with that, we'll go on to Paul's pick this week, which is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Before we get into it, have you been watching Miss Marvel on Disney Plus? Because we have not talked about her. Miss Marvel, I saw where she's already been canceled. I haven't seen that. It's on TikTok news. They said that she's already been canceled. Let me look that up because I have not seen it. It's six episodes on the Disney Plus and then going to she's going to appear in the Marvel's film. Yeah, so, they said that the that she's not been getting good reviews. Well, they said part of it was due to starting opposite of Obi-Wan, which they could have easily prevented. I don't know why Disney Plus did this, but they started Obi-Wan at the end of May instead of May the 4th. May the 4th would have been the perfect time to start Obi-Wan. They started it the Friday before Memorial Day. So then it runs four episodes, and the last three episodes, I think, were opposite of Miss Marvel premiere. Of course, Obi-Wan's going to be bigger than Miss Marvel. And I think a major reason for the lack of viewers on Miss Marvel is because she is Muslim and racism and hatred is keeping people from watching it. Yeah. Uh, I have really enjoyed the show. It's not the mature show that Disney, uh, Marvel's been doing. I mean, it's more for families. The The guy who plays her best friend on the show was actually up for the part of Spider-Man against Tom Holland. They've announced that since the show premiered. Really? So if you want to see what Spider-Man could have been had Tom Holland not gotten the role, you can watch Miss Marvel and find out. But as far as the news, I'm not seeing anything. I follow some uh, Marvel-type gurus on TikTok, and they're saying that um, the, the chatter is going on that, they're, that she's going to be canceled. Uh, I, I honestly don't see that. One, there's only been one show renewed for a second season on Disney+. Plus. Let's just Which be honest. Is- right now. Loki. Yes. Nothing else has been deemed a second season. So if she doesn't get a second season, she's right there with WandaVision. She's right there with Hawkeye. She's right there with Marvel's What If. She's right there with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we know won't be a second season because at the end of that, they became Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. So... But anyways, I'm not seeing anything saying she's officially canceled. But like I said, if it's only one season, it's par for the course with Disney Plus Marvel. True. So, but anyways, before I let Paul start talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, 
IMDb with 255,000 ratings has it 7.1 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, after 429 reviews, has it 74%. Over 10,000 audience score, 85%. I'll go ahead and talk about it. I am flying blind here because I can't look at anything and I can't reference anything. So um, I'm going three. So anyway, I don't have anything to look at. So anyway, um, not this 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 movie was a little strange for me. Um, it was, uh, huh? Unintended. Oh, I didn't really think not about strange that. Strange. I'm just saying it was to me. I I do have a hard time um, keeping focused on things sometimes i'm realizing that as an adult i've been told i have having to do things while i'm getting ready for work i'm told that i do have add and it's been pointed out to me by different people and i'm starting to believe them this movie was really hard for me to follow mentally there was a lot of mental acrobat a lot of mental acrobatics going on in this movie. Um, there was so many twists to this movie that I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it again, Chris, because I really don't want to give it a full review or give it my full marks yet because it was so hard for me to follow. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, but... But I you know should have paid better attention since it's your. Know what I'm saying? You're more you're more intellectual than me. You can you can zero you can zero in on something with laser focus. To me, I I struggle with that. So I'm going to have to go back and watch this. Um, the special effects is out of this world. Uh, just like with any kind of Marvel movie, um, uh, I, I I he. Before I started watching this, I thought him and the Scarlet Witch was going to team up against something and fight it. Well, little did I know, spoiler alert, they're fighting each other. And um, the Scarlet Witch, what were they fighting over? Can you help me with that? The multiverse? The multiverse. Basically, um, and and there are some spoilers here, so be warned, but... Basically, there is. It starts out. Doctor <laughs> Strange is with America Chavez, who we have not seen before, and she. We don't know what her power is starting out. If we're not familiar with the show or with her character, and Doctor Strange is ripping her power away from her magically, and killing her in the process. This is how the film starts. And there's octopus, like one-eyed octopus creatures, like an eye and then tentacles from the eye that are after America Chavez. Well, then Dr. Strange wakes up and he's in New York. He goes to his ex's wedding and then all this stuff starts happening. Cars are being lifted in the air by an invisible thing. He doesn't know what's going on. Turns out they've come after America Chavez, who is now in the real world, out of his dreams. And we find out that he goes to 
he puts her in protection, and then he goes to Wanda to try and get her to help to prevent America Chavez being killed because they want her power of being able to transverse the multiverse. And Wanda gives herself away that she is actually the one behind those creatures and is trying to steal America's power of transversing the multiverse so that she can have her children that we were introduced to in WandaVision. So that's basically where the story takes off from. And See, that's I, why Wanda becomes the villain in this. See, I totally had forgotten about those children in WandaVision because <clears throat> while I was watching that, I was going, she didn't have kids. Where did this come from? Yeah, and she then, created her kids. Then you just said WandaVision. I thought, oh, she did have kids in WandaVision. Well, in in that, the one of the things I saw in the trivia here, Elizabeth Olsen flew to London to work on this film just two days after she finished filming WandaVision. Who's Elizabeth Olsen? The sister of Mary-Kate and Ashley who plays Wanda, the Scarlet Witch. I didn't know that they were kidding Mary-Kate and Ashley. Yep. Son of a bitch. Are you serious? Yeah. You know what I see? Now that I'm thinking of her face, she I can see that now. Yep. So and she's the Scarlet Witch, and Mary Kate and Ashley is her sister, huh? And one problem I had with this movie, and I'm not um in no way um master of Marvel comics. I have not read much at all from Marvel. But I have never known Wanda to be the villain. So that was kind of a taking me aback situation. That So I don't know if she ever was the villain in the comics. But I didn't really like that idea. Hold on. When she burst onto the scene in what, Captain America Civil War... I don't remember which one she started in. She started in one of them. And I remember her her and the dude that ran really fast were brothers and sisters, right? Quicksilver. Yeah. Quicksilver. They're the children of Magneto. Yes, and remember, they were actually against the Avengers until they talked them into being with the Avengers. They were fighting the Avengers until after they saw that what you call it was evil. Then they started helping out the Avengers. Then on that on that on that movie, remember? I, I remember all that perfectly. I'm talking about the comics. I've never known her to be doing in the comics. I was thinking about the movie. I was like, I remember her being evil in the movie. But but again, I don't know the comics, so she may have been. But by the same token, Marvel Studios really screwed up Spider-Man in the films if you go by the comic book lore. And I do know about Spider-Man from the comics. I've read quite a bit of Spider-Man. Mm. And Another bit of the trivia here that I found, I mean, for me personally, it's interesting. 
says this is composer Danny Elf Danny Elfman's sixteenth comic book feature. He worked on the Tim Burton Batman movies, it and its sequel Batman Returns, Dick Tracy, Dark Man, The Men in Black trilogy, Sam Raimi's Sam Raimi's Spider Man and Spider Man Two, Hulk, Hellboy Two: The Golden Army, Avengers: Age of Ultron, and Justice League. And on a side note, he also did the theme song for the TV series The Flash in 1990. So, Danny Elfman, well-versed in comic book film. And then this little bit of trivia will go to the pride part. The film got banned in Saudi Arabia due to America Chavez's parents, two mothers, being LGBTQ. And that's why Paul chose this for Pride. Yeah, is sure. she's the main she's the main character in the movie, and her parents are lesbians. And I am guaranteeing that Paul did not see the pin on America Chavez's jacket. You didn't see it, did you? The pin when. Pin. The little button that she had on her jacket. It was right on the left breast. Uh, When did she have that pin? All through the movie. No, what is it? The all-inclusive pride flag. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. It's like when, when I watched... Super Troopers, way back in the day. And we're in the theater, and, you know, on the movie screen, larger than life. Now, Paul, I'll give you, you were probably on a tablet, so it was really small, and little details like her, her pin on her jacket are not going to be real noticeable. Yeah, my screen is like but, that. But other people who were in the theater with me to watch Super Troopers, None of them noticed Linda Carter's or Linda Carter's lapel pin. Linda Carter in Super Troopers had a Golden Eagle lapel pin on her left breast, and I was like, "How did you not notice Wonder Woman wearing a Golden Eagle?" I mean, honestly, Wonder Woman. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, those little things I do notice, and so and. She does mention, I mean, spoiler, but it doesn't really affect the story. She's not in control of her powers, and she sends her parents to another dimension, another multiverse, and does not know where they're at. So that's part of why she's afraid to use her powers, because that was the first time she used her powers. She lost her parents. But... I would like to see more of her story because I really did find America Chavez interesting in this film. Like she was one of the most interesting parts to me. She she did have an interesting story, and I love how towards the end of the show she could kind of grasp a hold of it and make it work. There there were some things major issue I saw in this one that I have not noticed with most Marvel work the very obvious green screen in this 
Did you notice that when you were watching? Again, I'm on a. I'm on a. There's only so much I can notice. But I'm telling you, it was, and the, and this is all superhero stuff anymore. You know, when when Christopher Reeve came in for a landing, we know he's on wires. But watch Christopher Reeve land on his feet and how smooth it is. And you, if you watch it, you can't really tell that he's on wires. It's like he comes in like, he's like he floats down and lands. Yeah, and, and, kind of and he, he does it so smoothly. Walk. And it's yeah. just amazing to watch. Why can nobody mimic that? I don't understand. And I'm not, I have not done any effects with wires, so I can't say that it's easy to do. And I know that he made the flight look real because he used his experience as a hand glider in how he positioned his body in the flight. So, you know, he had that experience. And maybe that's why his landing looked so good as opposed to everybody else. But in, in this, when they land, you can tell they're coming down on wires, just the way their body moves. And like I said, it's across superhero stuff anymore that it all kind of looks that way. And I don't understand why they don't try harder to make it look more realistic rather than, oh, I'm just kind of coming down on a wire and I'm okay. Have you ever watched the bloopers from The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield on YouTube? I don't think so. If I have, it's been a while. You need to pull that up and watch it. It shows him in the flying rig. And he is supposed to do this and go through the air with his web thing, but it didn't do right. And he starts going end over end. He starts screaming. He's like, "Ah, stop!" <laughs> and then there's some parts where he is supposed to land on like the. They had him going against the wall, and it's going to make him go up the wall while he is in that rig. And he just goes bam against the wall, and he's like face face plants on the wall. He's like boom. He's like. Can we do this any better? <laughs> they go through a lot on those rigs, so yeah, um, and and that's what I'm saying. I've never done wire work. I don't know how difficult it is, and I'm sure there's quite a bit of difficulty, and it takes some time to get used to it. But it just amazes me that Christopher Reeve looked so amazing doing it, and here we are, almost 45, 50 years later, and they can't do it half as well as he did. I tell you what, I saw um, live on stage at the green room. They did um, Mary Poppins, and you know how they fly Mary Poppins. They actually got the flying rigs from California and brought them out here and set them up. And they trained the green room on how to use them for the people flying sequences. It was actually pretty freaking amazing with them flying with Mary Poppins and the children flying through the air on stage. That was just magic on stage. And they had it down pat. They had the soft landings down pat, you know, landing on the rooftops and all that. That was more pure magic. And I thought, if they can do that on live stage with in front of the audience, couldn't they have, I mean, are you are you like talking about Doctor Strange flying in the air? Are you talking about him? No. And the way he, and was... the way he lands? It was the Illuminati. When when they landed, I really noticed it. And it's okay. all of them land at one time. And the only one, and spoiler for anybody out there that doesn't know who the Illuminati are, the only one who landed and looked 
decent, and a lot of it was special effects, was Reed Richards because he was stretching. But Captain Carter, Black Bolt, and whoever else it was, oh, it was the their Captain Marvel. All three of them landed um, so obviously on wires. Do you, do you remember watching the movie... Um... What is it with um, the Black Widow movie? Yeah. Okay, do you remember the part where her sister kind of, she kind of like almost takes control of the movie. And, you know, all the Avengers characters land with that one knee down and they're up like this, you know? Yeah. Boom! Just like the Iron Man and all of them, they all land down like this and they get up. And her sister was making fun of the Black Widow going, why do you land like that? Why do you do that? That just looks so strange. Stop doing that. It looks stupid. And then whenever her sister was coming in after her to save her, and she was up in the ceiling, and when she dropped down and then went down to that pose like that, and she goes, oh, I see why now, just like that. And it was kind of a funny moment. Did you know that that was unscripted, that she wasn't supposed to do that? She did that um, unscripted in the movie and they left it in well you know the the one problem with all that is deadpool had already done it because deadpool made fun of the superhero landing and how it's really bad for your knees i remember that so yeah it's it was already done in a marvel movie even though it wasn't marvel studios it was a marvel movie with deadpool but hey i saw i read an article where they're going to try to bring Deadpool over to Marvel. Actually come bring him over to the Avengers somehow. I don't know how they're going to do it. Now the, the one that I'm looking forward to is She-Hulk in August. And you know we will be reviewing that. And there's a lot of stuff coming. Like In August alone, we've got The Sandman on Netflix... Then the next week is Lock and Key's final season. I don't know if you've watched any of that, but I'll be watching that. She-Hulk is premiering in August. So Hey, now, is the Sandman the same guy who played it in Spider-Man movies? It is completely different. This is the Sandman of your dreams, not the Sandman of Spider-Man. Oh. This is from the Vertigo comics, which are an imprint of DC Comics. I was thinking it might be that's from the Spider-Man from movies. So. No, it's completely different. And I'm really looking forward to it. The trailer looked really good. So I'm hoping the series is. And Lock and Key, also based on a comic book, has been fantastic. I'm in the, in the third season of the Umbrella Academy on Netflix right now. Fantastic. And I, I gotta say, it's a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen it, but the Season three of the Umbrella Academy starts out with the Sparrow Academy and the Umbrella Academy facing off. And then Luther and number one from the Sparrow Academy are basically getting ready to fight. They go, there's only one way we can settle this. And then Footloose starts playing and they all start dancing and have this big old dance off in it. And it is amazing to watch. It is it's one of those things. I found it on YouTube and then it got deleted because of copyright. So hopefully somebody will put it out there so people can rewatch it. But I mean, it was it was an amazing sequence. And then there's you know 
Ellen Page has become Elliot Page, and she, Elliot, Elliot Page is still on the Umbrella Academy, and they worked that into the story, and they did an amazing job with that. And, I mean, it's, the Umbrella Academy is a really, really good series that I highly recommend as well. But back to Dr. Yeah. Strange, did you have anything more you wanted to say on it? Well, like I said, I want to watch it again to um, like I said, <clears throat> mentally, it was a lot of acrobats, a lot, a lot of acrobatic things for me to understand. I'm going to have to rewatch it. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a rating. There were the Illuminati, and again, probably already heard who they were, but there were some surprises, if you didn't know, in the Illuminati. And there is a theme song that plays when one of them comes in that 90s animation fans will really recognize. And that was a great moment on this movie. Um, One of the characters, I'm going to go ahead and give away because it's not a huge deal, but I was really happy to see Captain Carter in the group. I would like to see more with Captain Carter. I think she's an amazing character. I loved the show Agent Carter. So seeing her back on the screen, I'm always happy. Oh, yeah, she is in it, isn't she? Yep. And like I said, too, the, the green screen obvious effects was very prevalent in this movie that I'm not used to seeing from a Marvel film. So that was really disappointing. Um, I thought the, the following through multiverses went on a little bit long when they did that part. And like, if you're just going to keep following through them and not spend any time there, just, it just goes on and on after a while and you're ready for it to be done. And so I would have liked to either seen them land in a different multiverse and spend time there or just not have so many in there and move through quicker. But overall, I'm going to give it a three. Not the now, best one, not the worst. How did you like the original? compared to this one. Can you remember Dr. The Strange, I've never been a big, huge fan of. So the the original was kind of hard to get into as well. Now, I'd in probably my opinion... Give the, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'd probably give the original about a two and three quarter stars. <laughs> I just... I've only watched it once and didn't really have any desire to go back. My opinion, they had the two most powerful of all time fighting against each other in this show. Mm. Because remember, whenever they were fighting Thanos, Doctor Strange about had him. He about had him. And something happened. And then here come along the Scarlet Witch, putting her hands together around. She's like, oh, big boy, you're going to pay for this shit now. And next thing you know, she starts this glowing shit all around him making his whole outfit like implode on him. And next thing you know, he goes rain fire. When he said rain fire, I mean, he couldn't do shit. I mean, he was just like done. And you heard his, you know, right hand man, you heard Thanos' right hand man goes, sir, but our troops, 
He said, I don't care, rain, fire. So then that's when all them bombs started coming down out of that shit to blow shit up. And I was like, well, the Scarlet Witch had him. She's getting ready to destroy his ass. And here he got those bombs to come out for her to stop that. She had him. So to me, that is the two most powerful Marvel Avengers ever is Doctor Strange and her. Simply by what they can do with their magic. Yeah, but and I'm not against magic as a superpower, but Doctor Strange just he's kind of a bland character. I'm not overly thrilled by him. He's he's good as a supporting role, not so much in a major role. <clears throat> and with that, we'll move on to my review of Green Lantern issues 154 and 155. It's a story written by Judd Winnick. And for anybody who watched the real world, I can't remember which city they were in, but they it was the third season, I believe, had Puck and Pedro. It's one of the most famous happenings in all of the real world where Puck and Pedro continuously were at odds and Puck got booted out of the house. Judd Winnick was one of the, the housemates. And the unfortunate timing of the release of this book was September 11th, 2002, one year after the towers fell. Uh. But this book is such a powerful story. And even the cover, I, I made sure that Paul saw the cover picture before we started recording because I wanted him to have an idea of how powerful the imagery in this thing was. I'm going to read the description from DC Universe Infinite. It says, one of the most important people in Green Lantern's life has been attacked and left for dead. Kyle's about to discover that even with the most powerful weapon in the universe, he can't always protect those closest to him. Now that one of his inner circle is, a, is at death's door, Green Lantern is forced to examine just how vicious human beings can be. And no matter what actions he takes, both Kyle and his legacy as Green Lantern will begin to change with this issue. Basically, it starts out with the two guys, and I apologize, I can't remember the characters' names, but they are leaving a club, a gay club, and they're on the street and they get attacked. They end up separating as they're running away from their attackers. Well, the one who is Kyle Rayner's assistant, and I believe Kyle Rayner works for a comic book. I know he's an artist, but it, the, the boy was his assistant. He's the one they catch. And they beat him horribly. Like, they, there's an, in the description in the book, the orbital socket is broken. His legs are broken. His arm is broken. He's unconscious. I think there was a, something on his brain, like a hematoma or something on his brain. And he is in a coma. And Kyle goes to the hospital 
and he talks to the boy's boyfriend who the boy's parents will not let into the room to see him because of their gay relationship. And Kyle gets so upset that he goes and tries to get justice. He goes and tries to get the Flash to use the cosmic treadmill to go back in time to stop this from happening. The other heroes will not allow him to go back in time. And because of all the altering effects that time travel has, as we've seen in so many different stories. And he ends up, they arrest one of the three assailants. They don't know who the other two are. Kyle overhears this at the hospital. So he goes into the jail cell. And this is the end of the first part. He had, he goes in, soundproofs the cell, puts a holographic image so that if any cops come by, all they see is the guy in his cell like he's supposed to be. And Kyle breaks the wrist of the, the assailant, trying to find out where the other two are. And he said, either tell me now or I can do it to the other one. And the guy still doesn't talk, so he breaks the other wrist. And he finally gets the, the information, and he goes and goes after the other two assailants. And I'm mixing up the two stories as I'm talking about them, but the end of the first book, I literally had tears in my eyes, and I have read this thing a few times. It is that powerful of a story. This is one of the most important comics I've ever read for social issues. And I highly, highly recommend getting it. If you can find it anywhere, like I said, it was released September 11th, 2002. It is, I believe, the Green Lantern Volume 2, but it's actually the third volume because there's the Silver Age Green Lantern, or no, the Golden Age Green Lantern, and the Silver Age Green Lantern, which was Hal Jordan. And then they did a new volume, which is what this one's from. And it's issues 154 and 155 in that, written by Judd Winnick, who just wrote such an amazing script in this book. And Paul, when you get the chance, highly recommend you going in and reading it. Because... I own the original comics. I saw the news story about this and made sure to get those comics. And so I read them when they originally came out. And the story has never left my mind. It is that powerful that after 20 years of release, I didn't have to reread this to remember what happened in the book. But I did reread it just to refresh the keynotes on it. But I this story will stick with you and it is very haunting and very powerful and very much worth reading. And as far as my rating on this, I'm going to give it a 4.5. Just the, the quality of the writing, the importance of the storytelling, the, the imagery in it, the emotions they pull. There is so much to this book that is worth a read. So if you find it in a back issue somewhere, Get it, read it, and enjoy it. And I mean, it's not the most pleasant story in the world, but it is an important story that needs to be told. 
And with that, we come to our final pick this week, which was mine from the new movie from Amazon Prime Video, which was called My Fake Boyfriend. It stars Keenan Lonsdale, who was the Kid Flash on The Flash. You're not coming through. That's all I know. But So I don't know what you've done that you knocked yourself out. But anyways, I can keep talking while Paul's trying to figure out his over there. But Keenan Lonsdale was Kid Flash. Can you he hear is me? The, yes, I can hear you now. So you um, are there. I was trying to respond to you on that book, and I was sitting here talking about it, but you wasn't listening. Of course you weren't listening because something was muted. Um, was that a book or a comic book? Is two issues of a comic. Okay. Um, yeah, better go get it before the Republicans deem it, you know, gay or some kind of shit before they pull it off the shelves, too. But, but it's me, my fake boyfriend. Basically, they, well, first off, the other guys, Movie Insider gives it a five out of five. Uh, IMDb after 988 ratings gives it 4.7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter with eight reviews is 75%. Audience score with less than 50 ratings is 71%. But basically, Keenan Lonsdale's character, Andrew, is constantly going back to a guy who doesn't deserve him, doesn't treat him right cheats on him and doesn't care and just basically one of the worst possible relationships he could have been in and he is blinded by love so he keeps going back and accepting it and so his best friend Jake played by Dylan Sprouse one of the twins of Cole and Dylan Sprouse I believe as they were creates a fake boyfriend profile for Andrew and the fake boyfriend profile takes off, gets millions of followers and gets a, a deal with absolute vodka and just all this amazing stuff that this guy does. And, and it's a lot of green screen work from Jake, who is apparently a filmmaker. I don't think they ever really got into his career, but you can see him at the computer creating all this stuff. And, it had its moments. It was not my favorite film. So, Paul, what did you think? Um, it took about 25 to 30 minutes to get really get into it, to see what was going to happen with it. Um, it was cute in some spots. You know I don't like gay films to begin with. But... Um, it, I think it's kind of cool that they had an online profile for this fake boyfriend that they created. And um, after the guy ended up, can I say what happens? Yeah, because, I mean, it's not getting great reviews, so I don't think it's going to be a huge watch. But... <laughs> anyway, after the guy that they made the fake boyfriend with actually ended up finding a real boyfriend, and then they ended up, you know, quote-unquote, killing the fake boyfriend off, and they ended up having a funeral for the fake boyfriend <laughs> because he was so popular on social media. He had, you know, like the vodka sponsor. He had all these other sponsors. He had all these other people reaching out to him and saying, 
he had his own cooking show he had all this other stuff it was it kind of just kind of like snowballed and um everybody was wanting to meet him everybody's wanting to talk to him but he only talked to people on social media so like um, and, via and iPad was, or something it was an outrageous story that you can't possibly see this ever really happening but well, it's kind of like the character Max Headroom. He was supposed to be digitally created and not a real person, but um, that's the only thing that can come to matter, like the come to mind. Like that was a a digital person was fake that did commercials. So it, it was just a weird anyway. And he, he I was, had a show too. Yeah, he had a, he had all that, but. So, um, it was, it was okay. Well, um, one thing we have to talk about is Andrew's mother, Lucille, played by Karen Robinson, who, if you watch Shit's Creek, and if you didn't, why didn't you watch Shit's Creek? It's an amazing show. But it's Karen Robinson, on my to watch list. Yeah, to watching it, because it is amazing. But Karen Robinson played Ronnie on Shit's Creek. She was one of my favorite characters on the show. And she was one of my favorite characters in this movie. I loved her. Every time she hits the screen, it just lights up. And just her presence alone is all you need. And just her character was so good. Like, if you don't watch this for anything else, watch it for her. She's worth the watch. Did you not think that his mother was the best part of the film? Uh, she was. She was good. I liked her. Yeah, she's telling about her baby boy, and you know, and then what was that when he was doing the? He was trying to cook, and she was in the kitchen going, "Oh no, we need to add something to this." So she starts putting salt and pepper in the pot and all this other stuff. She kind of like took control of it. Oh, my baby's cooking, <laughs> and. And it's, and that's another thing is real life kind of interferes with the fake boyfriend and it causes a rift when he, the fake, the, the real life infatuation hears the parts of their story that are in the fake boyfriend's profile. And so it, at that point, you'd kind of be like, why Why is this in there? Why did he lie and say this? And would would it ever become a relationship? I don't know. It, it just seems like that's, that's some kind of weird thing that I don't know if I would be able to get past. Well, if you really think about it, there's a lot of people out here now that has social media and you're one person on social media, but you're really another person in true life. If you want to think about it that way. Yeah, but... Some people I, are like that. Like, like, say, I'm infatuated with you, but I have a fake boyfriend profile that is online, and I tell things about my fake boyfriend that have happened between us. And then you find out that I've taken our story and put it to the fake boyfriend. See what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It, it gets in a weird territory there. So, 
But anyways, it's, is it worth a watch? Yeah. Is it a great film? No. So do you have anything else you want to say or do you want to go ahead and rate it? I'm done. I'll let you go ahead and rate this one since I've rated everything tonight and you haven't rated anything. Well, I really want to watch the the multiverse again or whatever that thing is. Um, oh, Chris. I better than what I'm giving right now, but you're probably going to roll your eyes. A 1.75. It's better than that, but I mean, it's, it's got its moments, like I said, there's, and just Lucille, the character played by Karen Robinson, just, she's worth every bit of it. And if you don't watch it for anything else, watch it for her. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying the movie, movie sucked. There was some cute moments in it, yeah. of course. The but... I'm summing up here before I give my rating like I always do. Your Paul finger here, the pointing finger, not the middle finger. I want people to understand that. As he's everybody, he's flipping me off. You're he's lying. flipping me off. He gave Point me the finger. Getting the, the, finger. the finger. I've never been so disgusted before in my life. <laughs> Have you looked in the mirror? <gasps> Chris, that was so uncalled for. It was a question. It was- just a question. Anyways, 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 there there are some some good moments, and I did like the the character of Andrew's neighbor. What was his name, Mister Jane J I A N G? Uh, he had some but, moments in the film that were fun. I liked but his chess set. Overall, it's not all that believable a story, and it leaves you wishing for a better film. It's a not supposed to be believable, Chris. Come on now. Well, I like believability. Like, I can suspend belief in a lot of things, like superheroes. I I can still believe the presentation. I was going to say, how did you make it through, the, through Doctor Strange if you wanted to be believable? I mean, come on. It's all in the presentation. And... You can take some really outrageous stuff that you could never possibly in a million years have happen. Believable. This, it just didn't work for me. So, overall, I'm going to give it 2.5. Oh, aren't you generous? That's, like I said, it's more for Lucille than anything because I just loved her. Get Ronnie in a film and it's always good. Ronnie, Bobby. Ricky and Mike. Oh, not that Ronnie. Ronnie from Shit's <laughs> Creek Robinson, the actress. <sighs> and with that, we are done. So, like I said, next week is the premiere of The Bad Guys on Peacock. It's actually on this Friday, July 1st. We will be watching that. Did you have a pick yet, or did you not? So, are we going to be out of Pride Month? Yeah, because... We'll actually be into July on the next show. So this is our pride conclusion. here, And I wish we'd had a better film to end it with, but anyway. Um, I was actually thinking about Schitt's Creek. 
I, I'm always down for another watch of Shit's Creek, but I think everybody already knows my rating on that. Um, since I've never seen it, so how long are their episodes? Like 21 minutes. Oh, that's it? Yeah, it's a, it's a sitcom. So I would say watch the first three apps. Well, you might get into those first three apps and keep going, because it's, I mean, it's a really, really good show. And it's leaving Netflix in October to go to Hulu. So for those out there who want to watch it, now's the time where you can watch it without ads. Because yeah, it's to going to Hulu in October. I guess I need to start binging it, I guess. So um, I've been putting it off long enough, and I've heard so many people talk about it. So, um, And I've seen a lot of TikTokers like snippets of it. It looks funny as shit. So, yeah, well, how about the first three eps of, uh, of um, that show? Okay, and it would have fit for Pride Month anyways. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of continue that, I guess. So Paul will make up for his hatred of Pride Month, and and we'll we'll get another bonus Pride weekend. That's awful, Chris. I don't hate Pride Month. I can't stand gay films. I don't want to watch them. Oh, wait, this one was really good. Oh, wait, this was really good. Oh, wait, this was really good. Whatever. I just don't like gay movies. They end There's up, some really good stories. The end, most of the time they end up being B movies. I mean, at best, maybe. A B minus, maybe. Part of that is the studio's fault because they won't give a budget to it because they don't think they can make money. Now they're seeing they can make money and look at all the stuff that's coming along. You even I mean, loved Fire Island, which was a very disappointing film for me. The only thing I really liked about it is because the campiness of it is because of those one-liners they were going back and forth with. And Margaret Cho. Love me some Margaret Cho. Yeah, she was the only redeemable character in the whole movie, as I said, when we reviewed it. But, I mean, have you ever watched Love, Love Simon? And this, the series Love, Victor? No. Highly recommend them. I'm good. I'm telling you, you enjoyed Heartstopper a lot. Heartstopper was good. I liked Heartstopper. Love, Simon is in the same vein as Heartstopper. So if, you're, if you've never seen Love, Simon and Love, Victor, it's a good one to go to, which has Keenan Lonsdale in it, actually. You know, Kid Flash, who was in My Fake Boyfriend. And, I mean, it's... I, I highly recommend Love, Simon and Love, Victor. I think if you like Heartstopper, you will like Love, Victor, and Love, Simon. Are they sad movies? It's a high schooler, and the Love, Simon is, he is realizing he's gay, and he starts an email conversation with somebody who refers to themselves as blue, and they get really close through the emails, but they've never met face to face. They don't know who each other is. And they're trying like throughout the film, Simon's trying to figure out who blue is. And he keeps guessing as to, could it be this person? Could it be that person? And then love Victor is the same school. And he starts emailing Simon saying basically how can how dare you have it so easy being gay when here i am struggling and 
Simon kind of nurtures him and helps him accept himself as a person as being gay. And they're they're really good stories. Okay. And and Hildy from Ugly Betty plays Victor's mom. I love Ugly Betty. And I love her story in Love Victor because it's something you don't really see a lot is her struggle to accept her son as being gay. And that's an important story to tell too. Okay. So, so I'm I'm telling you, when you get the chance, watch Love Simon and Love Victor. They're they're really good. I think you'll like them. Like I said, if you if you thought Heartstopper was good, I really think you'll like Love Simon and Love Victor. Duly noted. But anyways, so Paul will choose Shit's Creek, which is currently on Netflix. I'm picking the bad guys, which is premiering on Paramount Plus. Or not Paramount Plus, Peacock. It's a universal film, so it's going to Peacock, fresh from theaters. And any last words, Paul? Um not really. Just get vaccinated, y'all, because this stuff is coming back. And remember I read the article earlier where we they found that the flu vaccine appears to be helping to prevent Alzheimer's. So these vaccines are doing more than just what they're trying to do. They're actually benefiting other lives or other parts of life. So don't think you know more because Trump said something than the CDC says. Basically the best I can tell you. Don't get me but, started on him. We could do a whole show just on that. Oh, I know. But it's just... And it's like I, I had a conversation with one of my nurses the other day at work where I I don't understand how people in healthcare refuse to believe the CDC. And I see it personally. I'm like, you're in healthcare. You should know what the CDC is. You should know that they are the ones to go to on things like this. Why do you not want to believe them? Because some politician told you not to. They are blinded by the idiocy anyway, of that man. Well, it's, it's like I always said when when people were always saying love Trump's hate, I always put an apostrophe on the P and the S because they love Trump's hate. And yep. that's basically what it comes down to. He hates all the right people. They love it. But anyways, until next week, we are out of here. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.